Well, good evening. Good to see each one of you here tonight. Let's all stand together, please, and turn to page 41. Page number 41 in your hymn book, Jesus Never Fails. I'm thankful for that tonight, aren't you? Jesus Never Fails. Page number 41. We'll sing all three verses to begin tonight. Sing out with me on the first verse. Earthly friends may prove untrue. Doubts and fears assail. One still loves and cares for you. One who will not fail. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus never fails. Though the sky be dark and drear, fierce and strong the gale, just remember He is near and He will not fail. Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus never fails. In life's dark and bitter, still prevail. This is ever, us will not fail. Jesus never away, but Jesus never fails. Amen. Well, I believe that's a true song tonight. Amen. Uh, he does. He never uh, fails. And uh, I'm telling you, he knows what he's doing as well. And uh, sometimes it may scare the daylights out of you, but he does know what he's doing. Amen. Sometimes you can blow a head gasket and get COVID, but 17 kids still get saved at Vacation Bible School. Amen. And so what a blessing uh, that was, and sure thankful, appreciate you praying for us, and I know there's a lot of others, and we'll get to that uh, tonight in our uh, prayer list and things like that, but it's sure good to be uh, back in the Lord's uh, house tonight. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer, and glad to have our guests here with us tonight and our church family. And so Brother Dave Shane, would you uh, pray for, I almost called you Black Bart, brother, so I got to get that out of my head, so amen. <laughs> Amen. So, Brother Dave, I guess I could call him Brother Black Bart because he got saved in the end or something. So, uh, but Brother Dave Shane, would you pray for us tonight? Won't you be seated uh, tonight? <clears throat> and I uh, do have quite a few announcements and, and things, and uh, 
just a lot of things to uh, handle tonight, uh, business-wise as well, and and uh, making up some ground uh, for stuff that we've just activities and different things that uh, has been uh, going on. Uh, of course, many of you know this: the uh, youth group uh, has uh, headed to the youth conference in uh, Oklahoma City at Southwest Baptist Church, and so pray for them. And I know we got a few of our young people upstairs uh, tonight in big church, and so thankful. Uh, for that. And then, of course, uh, pray for Brother uh, Ed Blanchett, who pastors Halstead Baptist Church there in Halstead, Kansas. Him and his family is going to be with us this coming Sunday. Uh, I'm going to be filling the pulpit. I want to ask if you would pray for me. I'll be preaching a revival meeting at Landmark Baptist Church in Evansville, Indiana. And so looking forward to being a blessing to them, but pray for uh, Brother Blanchett as he'll be here pastor uh, preaching. He'll be uh, teaching uh, the uh, pastor's Sunday school class and then preaching in the Sunday morning and Sunday evening service. And then Wednesday, August the 10th, Lord willing, we'll be back, but Brother Tim Quinlan will be preaching in our uh, evening service uh, next Wednesday uh, night. And then, man, we start gearing up uh, for school. And so we have our faculty meeting August the 11th, which is on a Thursday evening. And then school starts back August the 15th, which is on a Monday. And so Monday through Wednesday, August the 15th through the 17th, uh, we'll be starting back half days. And then, of course, Thursday the 18th, getting uh, into full days of, of school. And so a lot of stuff uh, going on there. And then, of course, our church-wide outreach, August the 20th. And I also wanted to mention this. Of course, we have some other things coming up uh, in August as well. But September uh, the 9th and 10th is the ladies' retreat at Berean Baptist Church in Springfield, Missouri. And so if any of our ladies would like to go, the cost is $35 per lady plus the cost of, a, of the hotel room. And then I wanted to mention this because tonight is the last night to sign up for that. I don't know if it got announced a lot. It's actually been out there in the outer foyer, and we do have just a handful of ladies signed up. But if any of our ladies would like to go to that, you do need to make sure to sign up for that tonight. And then the ladies' retreat is at the beginning of the month, but the men recharge at the end of the month. And so there's the Baptist men's recharge uh, at the end of September, September the 23rd and 24th. The cost for that is $70 per man, but if you would like to stay in, the ho in a hotel room, you can, but the cost goes up to $140 per man, and you need to sign up for that by Sunday, August the 28th. And so, man, if you'd like to go to that this year, looking forward to a great year at that. We go to that every year and enjoy that, and so I want to encourage our men uh, to sign up uh, for that. And so those are some of the announcements and things. And so if you would go ahead and take your prayer list out uh, tonight, and we'll get move on uh, with our uh, prayer list tonight. I actually have uh, something else, too, uh, while you're getting your prayer list out, just some business that we need to uh, take care of uh, with our uh, church. Uh, starting tomorrow morning, uh, Lord willing, uh, we're going to be getting a brand new roof installed on our outer foyer out there. <laughs> and so that'll take place Thursday uh, and Friday, and it's not going to cost us uh, a thing. All right, don't get too excited about it, amen. So the only thing we actually have to pay for is the, uh, the outer edge uh, metal, and we actually already purchased the skylights as this has kind of been in the works for Brother Will Kennedy's uh, company. 
And so they are finally going to uh, take care of that. And so the Lord has really opened the door there and so thankful for that. I think the uh, outer edge metal is like $639 and some change, I think, was the total on that. And so we're going to, we can take care of that. That shouldn't be an issue. And the only other thing is there'll be some guttering down the road. And, you know, if you want to vote on that, that's fine. But I don't, re- I mean, I don't, we're getting a new roof, my soul. I think we ought to get new guttering too, amen, and, and get that installed on there and make it uh, look real nice and do some painting and get it cleaned up. And then we can start working on this roof up here. Uh, and so before I lose all my hair, amen, and hopefully we can get that uh, done. That'll be a real blessing. But I did want to mention that, so pray that that would uh, go real smoothly. I uh, just wanted to mention some things uh, tonight. Uh, of course, many of us know we've been praying for a lot of our folks that have been uh, on our prayer list, but I just wanted to mention some of the sickness and stuff that's been uh, going around and, and mention some families. And if I miss some or some's doing better, and we can uh, be, in fact, Miss Laura Quinlan's here tonight, sure thankful for that and so pray uh but uh and good to see uh luke quinlan over there I meant to call on him in prayer i forgot about him though he's just kind of hiding over there in the corner so but good to see uh luke quinlan here tonight and finished up his internship there in texas and thankful for that um i wanted to mention these tonight uh david and sherry griffin if you would pray for them and then also gary and angel uh waters and miss marie christian also, uh, Miss Mary Parker, has she been doing better and improving? And so thankful for that. Praise the Lord. And so that's a real blessing. Uh, my wife and my son, Luke, Luke was not able to go to the youth con because he ended up getting it. And so he's uh, pray for uh, them, though. They're on the mend and certainly doing better. wanted to ask if you'd pray for my mom, though, specifically, Dorinda Cook. Uh, she's just really been struggling with it. She ended up coming down with it the same time we did. Uh, and uh, this is her first time having it, and she's had cancer in the past and has a very uh, very compromised immune system, and so she's really been battling with it. Also, Miss Phyllis Watson, uh, and I believe she's on the mend and doing much better, and so thankful for that. I uh, did find out uh, that Greg uh, Smith and, and some of his family ended up getting it as they got home uh, after the vacation Bible school, and so as far as I know, they're doing okay. And then uh, Brother Rich and Miss Georgie Raymer, I know that they're on the mend as well, and so, but uh, those are the names that I have uh, down tonight, and so if there's any others or anything like that, we can certainly get them on the uh, prayer list. Good to see Brother C.J. Reeves here tonight. Their family did get a contract on a house, and so praise the Lord for that, and it's still, is it still in there? You all right? Or All right, so pray, pray that that all goes well. It's, it's a very nerving time right now, so amen, and so pray for that situation. Uh, I'm sure thankful for that. Um, anybody have a prayer request or anything tonight as we go to the Lord in prayer? All right, Miss Lynn. Okay. So what's his name? Tucker what? Okay. All right, so let's pray. That's Tucker Steele, is that what you said? And, uh, huh? Okay. All right, so let's pray for uh, this young man that joined the National Guard. Absolutely. Anybody else tonight have a prayer request or an update or anything like that? All right. Ms. Sue? Okay. Okay. 
My goodness. So you're taking a little journey, huh? All right. So pray for uh, pray for the McCrays to and travel mercies, and uh, Brother Roy goes in Friday uh, to see about his other cataract surgery. So sure pray uh, for that. So, Amen. Let's pray for their head gasket. Amen. No doubt. All right, Ms. Odie. Yes, ma'am. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Okay. That's a blessing. All right. So let's pray for that little Gigi uh, Huggins. He's down there on the uh, first page there, about third from uh, third from the bottom there. It's a little nine-year-old. It's got a pretty rare... Uh, cancer, and um, I've got the name down. I actually got the name from the news. He was on the news, I think it was about a year ago, I think it was, and uh, got to do something with the Chiefs or something and and uh, his family or something. So pray for pray for that little fellow and his family. So, Anybody else tonight? All right, let's have our men uh, come tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. And let's pray for uh, these things, and uh, certainly pray for a lot of our church family it's just battling this uh, sickness and stuff and, and COVID. It's just, you know, here's the thing is, you know, it, it's just going to be part of life now, and it's just going to be a, you know, a sinus cold that rolls through every now and then, and the best thing to do is just have a little common sense, and, uh, you know, the biggest thing is is how quickly it spreads, and then, of course, sometimes it affects different Folks with compromised immune systems a little worse than than others, and so just try to use some common sense and things like that. But Lord willing, we'll get through all of this, and let's just all go ahead and get it over with for a fall revival gets here in October, amen, and so that way we'll be all right and good. So if I'd have thought about it, we should have done it before Vacation Bible School, but I don't, anyways, so didn't plan it very good, so all I know is I only got to wear my cowboy hat twice. So we're going to have to have something else Western theme for the years out. Amen. So, Rusty Parker, would you pray for us tonight, brother?
did have one more announcement. If you're in the uh, Foundation Builders class, um, they, uh, there's an activity tomorrow. I believe it's a Monarchs game. And so if you're going to that, uh, you do need to meet here at the church at 545. Uh, we do, I do have our missionary update tonight. Of course, Brother Quinlan uh, that normally does this is, uh, was uh, one of the drivers there for the uh, youth group. And so I wanted to mention an update tonight from Brother Nelson Dorr and his family, our missionaries there in Mexico. And he's got a couple of really wonderful, wonderful testimonies in his letter. And I wanted to read those to you tonight. Uh, and uh, it starts out with a young man named Ivan. Sunday evening, Ivan met with uh, family and friends at the village cemetery to bury his father's ashes. Sadly, Ivan's father had spent his last years as a homeless drug addict. Uh, Ivan would continually ask prayer and search for his father to help him. And one day he went missing and they eventually found his charred body in an abandoned house murdered by the cartel. Fourteen years ago as a child, Ivan came on the bus to vacation Bible school. His home life was a disaster of addictions, fightings, and strangers. Ivan found a refuge at church with some people that cared for him, but most importantly, he met the Savior. Uh, when he was old enough, Ivan entered into our Bible college, and Pastor Ishmael led Gabby to the Lord and baptized her in the village of Sokobi. Uh, she, she became one of, our, one of our teachers in the Christian school while also studying in Bible college. During this time, Ivan and Gabby fell in love and soon after graduation married. Ivan is mu musically gifted and heads up our orchestra. He is our office manager handling all of our finances. He's a teacher in our Bible college and is starting a church in the village of Biosacobi. Gabby is the head teacher in the middle school, and it is a joy to see this new family thrive. God is so good. Isn't it amazing what God can do with somebody's life? And then he writes this about Gabrielle and Fernanda. They came separately to our orphanage from very rough circumstances about 11 years ago. In all of the ups and downs of their young lives, the Lord was faithful to them, and they learned to be faithful to Him. They both graduated from our Bible college in May, and both are on staff full-time. Gabriel is our children's pastor, has a bus route, and is our PE teacher in the Christian school. And Fernanda is our office secretary and is a leader for the girls in high school. In two months, they will marry. And as a young couple, they will be able to help in so many areas of ministry. God is so good. And so pray that we can build them a small apartment. And we are very grateful for your help. Nelson and Kathy Dorr. It's just got a picture of these two uh, young couples, Ivan and uh, his wife, Gabby, and their uh, little girl, and then uh, uh, Gabriel and, and Fernanda, and just a sharp uh, young couple. While I was on vacation, Brother Nelson Dorr emailed me, or actually, he emailed me. He was actually in town and was traveling through the area, wanted to visit with me about uh, and take me out to lunch, and then he found out I was on my vacation, and so uh, he just he emailed me. And uh, mentioned uh, Gabriel, or Gabriel, I keep calling him Gabriel, Gabriel and Fernanda. And the reason he was actually coming through town was he was trying to raise money. They were wanting to build them about a 20 by 25 foot, uh, just, a little, uh, just a little room, apartment room. And then that, that's what they uh, would live in. You say, man, that's not much. But in Mexico, that's a lot. Um, and so they were trying to raise money. And so I mentioned this to Brother Dorr, and I talked with our men about it. And I wanted to bring it before the church tonight. 
our total uh, Vacation Bible School penny offering was $3,250. And uh, kind of, that's an approximate, I think it was like $222 and a bunch of change and stuff like that. And I think by the time it was all said and done, it'd be like $250. What I'd like to do tonight is maybe to, is to bring it before the church tonight that we would maybe raise it up to $3,500 and round it up and give it to the Door family for them to build that building uh, for that young couple. How many be willing to do that? Would you just lift up with your right hand, give out the hearty amen if you're a member of Faith Baptist Church? That's a blessing. And uh, so I, I did email Brother Door and said that'd be a possibility, and man, they, he was very excited. And so if you'd, uh, I got this letter here, if you'd like to take a look at this young couple, just a sharp young couple, and sure thankful uh, for that. But let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight, pray for the Door family, this young couple. Lord would uh, certainly use them. I'm going to ask Brother Luke Quinlan, he's here tonight, if you'd stand and, and pray for the doors, and then pray for Gabriel and Fernanda, that the Lord would sure use them. So. Would you stand with me one last time, please? We're going to turn to page 592. Page number 592. We'll sing the first, the third, and the last verse. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Page number 592. Are you weary? Are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you grieving over joys departed? Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Do you fear the gathering clouds of sorrow? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. Are you anxious? What shall be tomorrow? Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Are you troubled at the thought of dying? Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. For Christ's coming kingdom are you sighing? Tell it to Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend that's well known. You've no other such a friend or brother. Tell it to Jesus alone. Amen. Please remain standing. Go ahead and get your Bibles ready for the message tonight. Amen. Sure hope you brought your Bibles tonight and do want to just, uh, man, just encourage you tonight. Man, I'm looking forward to the message. And so take it, your Bibles, turn to Ephesians and in chapter number two. But I'm, I'm just uh, excited about this study. 
uh, tonight. Something wonderful about the grace of God. Amen. And uh, sure thankful uh, for that. Of course, we've been going through uh, some our study here in the book of, of Ephesians. And I know with the vacation and then vacation Bible school and things like that, it's been uh, a few weeks uh, back. But if you remember, we started uh, in chapter number two of Ephesians and kind of going through here uh, this first little section verse by verse. And so I want to just pick up there tonight in verse number one. The Bible says this, And you hath he quickened who were dead in, in trespasses and in sins. And notice the past tense there, and Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, reminding them about their past uh, life before they were saved. And here's what he says. He says, you are, you are dead in trespasses and sins. And, and so that just simply means this, they were lost. They were spiritually dead on the inside. They did not know uh, God. And as a result, here's the result of that in verses 2, in 3, it says, wherein in time past, and notice again, their past life. He says, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And that, that phrase there, the course of this world, just simply means the idea of their generation. In other words, they did whatever their generation was doing. Just like if you remember your past life, you were doing exactly what your generation was doing. Just like I was doing what my generation was doing. And really, the, ultimately this, the one that's behind the scenes of it all, is the prince of the power of the air, the devil. That's who he's talking about. And then notice in verse number 3, he said, Among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And again, that was our past life. That's exactly what I was doing. Before I got saved, I was doing whatever I wanted to do. I was doing what my generation did, which was alcohol and wickedness and immorality. But praise God, praise God for the grace of God, and I got saved. And I hope that you did too. In fact, I love how it, it talks about all of those things. But then look at verse number 4. But God, amen, but God, who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are ye saved. It hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Mercy. See, this was their past in those first three verses. But now they've been born again. They've been placed in Christ Jesus. Instead of being on their way to hell, they are now on their way to heaven. And so the question then becomes, then what happened? How, how can something that was dead now be quickened and, and made alive and have life in it? Well, here's how. It's called the grace of God. 
And that's, that's exactly where we pick up uh, tonight. So if you remember in the last message, here's what I titled the message. Have you been made alive? And of course we get that from being dead in trespasses and sins and being quickened in Christ Jesus made alive. Have you been made alive? And then I'll subtitle it this. If so, then act like it. Because we should. If we've been made alive, we should act like it. Well, here's what I titled the message tonight. Have you received the grace of God? Subtitle. If so, then act like it. Boy, that's, that's really what we need tonight is the grace of God. Father, would you bless the preaching tonight? And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated uh, tonight. <laughs> we have this little, uh, have this little storage uh, pl- uh, closet that's right underneath our uh, stairwell. And we just we stick, you know, uh, decorations and fall decorations and Christmas stuff. And, and we even put our luggage uh, down there. And, uh, uh, of course, we got back from vacation, and, and so uh, got all our luggage emptied out and, and uh, took it downstairs into that closet and got back in there. And, and several years, I guess it was two or three years ago, we had bought Emily, really our littlest one, Emily wanted a, wanted a puppy dog. And so we bought her one of these, like, mechanical puppy dogs, because those are a lot easier to feed, <laughs> keep up with. And uh, so this little thing, it, you know, it kind of... She's got a little handle or whatever she pushes her, she could push it around and, and it would wag its tail and, and shake its head, you know, and, and then it'd, it'd go, row, 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 you know, and anyways, but she kind of wore out of that. So Natalie had put a bunch of stuff, well, I didn't know this, and I'm down there shoving these, uh, these things in this dark closet down, and all of a sudden I hear, row, 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 row. and you're talking about scaring the living daylights out of somebody. I mean, listen, I almost screamed like a girl in an Elvis concert. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it made me jump. And anyways, the moral of the story is this. Well, when you store something like that, take the batteries out. Because number one, it, you know, listen, number one, it keeps you from hitting your head when you jump and you're scared to death. And number two, you got spare batteries. All right, the reason I'm telling you this tonight is this, is that it reminds us that in order for something to have life, there must have this, it must have the source of power. And really, if I could say it to you tonight, such is the case with man, both in creation and salvation. Well, one of the greatest proofs that God created all things, including man, is this. You don't, you don't get life from nothing. You, you don't. You, creation and all of the life that you and I see today, it just I'm just telling you, it doesn't just appear with some big bang. Life, life has to have a source. It always has to have a source. And my friend, I'm just telling you, regardless of what you know, so-called theories are and all of this stuff today, I'm just telling you, the source of all life, as you and I know it in creation today, that source is God. And, and it's no different with man and, and man's life. God created man in his own image. Uh, in fact, I love, I love Genesis 1 and, and verses 26 and 27. not going to read all of it to you. Many of you know it tonight. I just want to highlight this phrase that says, And God said in, in Genesis 1, 26, no, no, notice this. Now listen to this. It says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now the reason that I just I wanted to highlight that is to just, just call your attention to the pronoun usage that's in that. Let us make man 
in our image and in our likeness, those are called plural pronouns. All right? And here's the thing. You say, well, preacher, God is one God. Yeah, but that's not a mistake because, yes, God is one God, but He's also a triune God. He's God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit. And by the way, all three were involved in creating mankind and all of creation. But here's the thing. <laughs> just, as, just, as, just as the Creator is triune, well, He created man in His own image, and so the triune Creator created a triune man. Man is made up of body and soul and spirit. Uh, in fact, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, Paul points this out to the church at Thessalonica. And he said, And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the thing. God, in His life-giving power, created man from the dust of the earth and breathed in him the breath of life. Man is made up of the body which is the outward flesh of man, the skin, the things that you and I can see. Then the soul which is the inward man, the real you, the seed of your emotions and desires and your will. But then you have the spirit of man which is his knowledge and relationship with God. But we know the rest of the story, don't we? Well, that God would create Adam and Eve and set them in the garden and then sin would take place bringing condemnation upon, upon not only them but all man following them. As it says in Romans, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. That'd be you and that'd be me. That we've all sinned against God. Now here's the thing. Because of this sin... Man that is born into this world is born with a sin nature. As a result, the spirit within man is dead. It's dead and trespasses and sins. Is anybody catching this? So, so you understand, the, he has no knowledge and relationship of God. His physical body will suffer death and go back to the dust of the earth from whence it was made, and his soul will die in condemnation and spend eternity in hell. The point is this, is that man is in need of God's life-giving power once again. And that's exactly where our text picks up tonight. Let me remind you once again of the context of this passage that if you go back to the end of chapter number 1, the subject is really the power of God. It's the power of God through Jesus Christ. Go back to chapter 1 in verse number 19. This was Paul's prayer for them uh, in the, the saints there in Ephesus. He says he wanted them to know what is the exceeding greatness of His power to usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power. And then notice in verse number 20, the proof of His power, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. You understand that the proof of the power of Jesus Christ is in His resurrection in the empty tomb. And then not only that, but He would ascend 
back to the right hand of the Father. Well, how? Through the power of God. And so beginning in chapter number 2, the power of of Christ is still the subject at hand. What Paul is doing is he's going back to when that power was first experienced in their life, talking about their salvation. It It must take the power of God to make something that was dead now alive again. It must take the power of God. So Paul is going back to that first experience of power when they were dead in their trespasses and sins, but then, and then they got saved and called upon the Lord. But this is what I want us to catch tonight. See, where the power of God is, is the thought that brings us into chapter number 2. It's really the grace of God that becomes the primary subject of our text and where we pick up tonight. Look at verse number 5. It says at the end there, by grace ye are saved. Look at verse number 7. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Look at verse number 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. Anybody, Anybody not seeing something here? There's grace and grace and grace and grace and great why 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 is the subject of grace now at hand because the grace of god is the whole reason why the power of god is available to mankind in salvation that's why it is the grace of god that sent jesus christ for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life come on friend that's grace It's grace that sent His only begotten Son. It's grace that convicts man and draws us in our need to be saved. It's grace that forgives us of our sin and allows us to be born again into the family of God. It's grace and that's exactly, listen, that's that's exactly what makes up our text tonight, this grace of God. I, I just want to give you some things quickly tonight and just give you some things to chew on. For me, it just helps me in my mind to kind of categorize things. And, and I'm just hoping and praying it will help you tonight. Say, Preacher, Ephesians, it's a, it's a rich book. You're right, it is rich. And the reason it's rich is because of our salvation is rich. But, but here's the way that I put it tonight. When it comes to the grace of Jesus Christ, this grace that Paul begins to talk about tonight. Number one, I want you to notice there's this primary grace. Look at verses 4 and 5. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace. By grace ye are saved. reason I call it this primary grace is because this is really the very first experience of God's grace in the life of a believer. I'm just telling you, this is where grace starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Their salvation, where the power of God comes in through the gospel and makes us alive in Christ Jesus. This is that primary grace. And this is what Paul is is talking about here. As already mentioned in verse number 1, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. In fact, as a result, we do walk according to the course of this world and according to the lust of our flesh. Listen, whatever this generation was doing, that's what we did. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but my generation, the greatest generation, the 80s. 
<laughs> I know. It's exactly what I thought, too. I mean, listen, to my generation was parachute pants and a mullet haircut. Amen. And it's coming back. You better hang on. It's coming back. You never know. Already got my parachute pants. I'm just waiting on the No, I'm not waiting on the mullet, so it's not coming. That was my generation. But here's, listen, now we joke about things like that. And some of you know what I'm talking about because you just, you're the ones that was killing the ozone layer with your hairspray and that big poof, ladies, that you had right there in front of your head. And some of you, yeah, uh, some, hopefully none of you guys had that, all right? <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is that you, you look at every generation and, and the things that people are doing. My generation, it was, that was this, the bright colors and the crazy things. And then, now, this generation today, man, it scares me to death. The, the, the tattoos and the earrings and the piercings and all this crazy stuff that's going on. But here's the thing. It's not just the stuff that people are doing on their flesh and their outward appearance. It's the character of men. And let me say this, though that was some of the things. Listen, there was also the rock music and the drugs and the alcohol and the drinking and the partying and the immorality, which, by the way, those are the things that are going on in this generation as well. And what, what I'm saying to you is this, is that those were the things that we did before we got saved. But praise God for verse number four, but God. And, and notice how verse four speaks of his mercy and His great love says, But God who is rich in His mercy and His great love, wherewith He loved us. And in verse 5 it says this, Even when we were dead in sins, notice this, hath quickened us together with Christ. In other words, made us spiritually alive unto Him through Jesus Christ. We are born again and we have a relationship with Him through Jesus Christ. And then it ends, this is what I want you to catch. It ends in this parenthetical phrase, by grace ye are saved, parentheses. Did you notice that? The, the, point, the point is this. It's obviously talking about our salvation. <laughs> but but what I, the way I look at it is, is this, is that all of this falls under this subject of grace. Hence, that, that Paul's talking about the, the, the riches of God's mercy and the great love wherewith He loved us. And then it's almost like, I mean, you, I realize the Spirit of God's the one leading here, but it's almost like the Spirit of God just stops and categorizes all of that up and just says, by grace ye are saved. Because that's really, oh, come on, friend, that, that's the parenthetical injection, that interjection right here, because all of this falls under that subject of grace. Because of God's grace, we get to experience His mercy. So, uh, someone rightly defined grace as this, getting what we do not deserve, which is heaven for all eternity. And mercy, mercy is not getting what we do deserve, which is hell for all eternity. In fact, someone also said this, grace is, in an acrostic would be this, God's riches at Christ's expense. And God is, listen, God is rich in mercy. And, and because of God's grace, not only do we get to experience His mercy, but we get to experience His great love. His love in verse number 4. It says, for His great love wherewith He loved us, it is magnified even greater from our condition in verse number 5. Even when we were dead in sins. You listen to me tonight. He loves you. He loves you far more than what you realize. 
I'm just telling you, even in our sins, He loved us. Listen, in this, in what He does for us in this salvation, He loved us even in our sin and forgave us and made us alive in Jesus Christ. And by the way, notice verse number 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. This goes all the way back to chapter number 1 and verse number 3 where, where he talks about spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And that's our position that's changed in our salvation. And he goes on and talks about how we're adopted into God's family. We're accepted into the beloved. Well, how? How, how, could, how could God, who is high and holy and lifted up, take a wretch like me and forgive me and make me one of his children? How could he do that? Well, that's called grace. Well, don't rejoice too much in it tonight. I just, that's called grace. See? You can't help but to think of what Paul would write to the Romans in Romans 5 8, but God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. There's some, listen. You and I, I'm just telling you tonight, you can almost just park a spot off and just dwell right here. I'm just, there are some tremendous thoughts that you and I could chew on tonight. In fact, I think this, I think one of the reasons we don't rejoice in the grace of God like we used to is because we don't see ourselves as sinners like we used to. When I, you start realizing how wicked you are, then you start realizing how good and gracious God is that He saved you and made you alive in Jesus Christ, changed your position, and adopted you into His family. Boy, I'm telling you, you and I could park right there for a long time, couldn't we? But really, there's just two things that I I just want to point out to you tonight about this primary grace that's experienced in, in salvation. Number one is this. If you've never experienced this grace and been born again and saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, then you need to tonight. I'm telling you, God loves, listen, you have no idea how much God loves you. He sent His Son to die for you. He does not want you to spend eternity in hell. That was, that was created for the devil and his angels. Jesus made that very clear in His earthly ministry. But I'm telling you tonight, you'll die and you'll bust the gates of hell wide open. And here's why. Because you reject the love and grace and mercy that's in God. He loves you and He wants you to be saved. And here's the second thing, and you need to grab a hold of this. If you think that you can't because of your sin, then you don't understand the grace of God. <laughs> Man, I can't, I can't help but to think of Isaiah chapter number 1. And when God calls Isaiah to address the nation of Israel and their spirituality, and Isaiah gives this gross, this grotesque, physical description to Israel because what he's doing is is he's illustrating their spiritual condition before God. In fact, he even calls them Sodom and Gomorrah. Now I'm just telling you, if you could think of the lowest of low in morality, that would be the two cities that would come to mind. And God calls them Sodom and Gomorrah. Yet at the end of that, in, at the end of all of that, here's what God says to Isaiah, or here's what God says to Israel through Isaiah in verse number eight, or verse number eighteen. He says, "Come now, and let us reason together," saith the Lord, "though your sins be as scarlet, 
they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm just telling you, I would encourage you to go back and read that. I don't have time for time's sake, but to see the description that God would give the people of God in their wickedness, in their immorality. And you would think, man, how could God, how could God say, invite them to come to Him and that He would forgive them and cleanse them? I mean, there's no way. How? Well, be a fact, if you keep reading, you get to chapter 55. And here's what it says about God. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. What a great thought, isn't it? I mean, listen, we would understand God's ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. After all, He's God and we're not. But you've got to understand the context. Because that's Isaiah 55 and verses 8 and 9. And if you read verse number 7 that comes just before that, here's what he says to Israel. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon In the context, he's talking about mercy, forgiveness to a wicked and immoral people. And you would say, how in the world can God do that? Well, here's how. For his ways are not your ways. And his thoughts are not your thoughts. You know what he's saying? He's saying this, God doesn't forgive like you forgive. God doesn't show mercy like you show mercy. Is everybody catching this? I'm just telling you, his ways are different than our ways, and his thoughts are different. I'm just telling you tonight, it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done, the grace of God is available to you. He is rich in mercy, and he is great in his love towards you, and he wants you to be saved. That's why he sent his only begotten son. That's why he's brought you in this place tonight. To hear the truths of God's word because he loves you and he wants you to be saved. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. You can come to God and he will in no wise cast you out. He will forgive you and he will cast all your sin as far as the east is to the west. Never to be remembered anymore. That's the mercy of God and the grace of God. Now that's what happened in our salvation. Somebody say amen tonight. That is your past, your present, your future sin. God done away with all of it. Showed great mercy and great love towards you and I. Because of the grace of God tonight. Mercy. That's the primary grace. That's the first experience of God's grace. And if you've never experienced that, you need to tonight. We'll give an invitation at the end of the service. It's Wednesday night. Yeah, preacher, we're going to give an invitation. Man, we're going to give an invitation and invite you to come. We'll show you right out of the scriptures what God did for you, who you are before God, for all have sinned and come short of the glory. You're a sinner before God. You've lied. You stole. You're wicked. You cuss. You're filthy. I, listen, I, that's where I was at. But God. Amen. And you can be saved tonight. And He'll save you. That's primary grace. Now, it just gets gooder. Because look at what happens. This is what I would call perpetual grace. 
Because look at what happens in verse number 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. See, perpetual means continual. Never ceasing. And this is what we find in these next two verses. Now again, we've already touched on verse number 6, and I don't want to spend a lot of time there, but this speaks of our spiritual position in Christ from chapter number 1. And again, if you go back to verse number 3, it mentions that phrase there, heavenly places in Christ Jesus, or in Christ in verse number 3 of chapter 1. And and we know this, that, that once you are saved, your position changes. You're adopted into the family. You're accepted into the beloved. You become a child of the king rather than a child of the devil. And praise God for that. But we also know this, Go down to chapter number 1 and verse number 20 that we read earlier when we were looking at the power of Christ. It says that this power from verse 19, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in the heavenly places. Did you see that? So here's what I'm saying to you. Heavenly places though it speaks of our spiritual position in verse number 3 of chapter number 1, by the time you get to verse number 20, it's talking literally about the heavenly places where Christ ascended to the right hand of the Father. What I'm trying to get you to see tonight is that this also becomes literal in our text. Look at verse number 6. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's the spiritual position. But then it becomes literal in verse number 7. He says this, that in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. To show us the exceeding riches of His grace in the ages to come. What's that talking about? That's talking about heaven. Heavenly places. That's talking about the rapture of the saints. That's talking about the judgment seat of Jesus Christ, where we receive our rewards. The marriage and the marriage supper of the Lamb. The return of Jesus Christ. The millennial reign of Jesus Christ. The eternal bliss with Jesus Christ. Come on, listen, you've been here in Revelation on Sunday morning, son. We saw all of that. Well, the point is this. Listen, once you've experienced the grace of God in salvation, folks, it does not end there. It continues. That's only the beginning in salvation. It continues throughout all eternity as you and I are made joint heirs with Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh man, you're going to be way more excited when you get there than this, I can tell you that right now. Say, preacher, well I'll have my glorified body right right then, I won't be so tired. Well I know, but I'm just saying. But it is, it's a perpetual grace. Now good news, I'm not going to spend any more time on that, I just want you to chew on that, because here's the last thing, and I'm through tonight. 
Because there's also purposeful grace. Look at verse number 8. This is, this is what I believe. I, I believe this. I believe verses 8 and 9, it's almost like a rehearsal of our salvation that we've already looked at. He says this, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We are saved as a result of the grace of God and our personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His gospel. You know what His gospel is? It's simply His death and His burial and His resurrection. It is the grace of God that sent the Lord Jesus Christ to fulfill His sacrificial death on Calvary to be buried for three days and three nights and then rise again from the dead in power and glory. And when we believe that that took place and we call out to God for forgiveness of sin and salvation, He saves us. Please listen to me tonight. It's not enough to accept the facts that Jesus Christ died and buried and rose again. You must put your personal faith in it. And that is done when we call out to Him for forgiveness and, and salvation. It is as simple as Romans 10, 9, and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That, it's as simple as that. But it works this way. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. See, God deals with you here and shows you who you are before Him. And when you realize you're a sinner on your way to hell, and you call out to Jesus Christ in salvation, that's when He saves you, forgives you of your sin, and makes you His child. And just for, just for clarity on the first point, that He can save anybody and He's rich in mercy, it goes on to say in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't matter who you are. But here's the point. Salvation, listen to this. Salvation can only come this way. Faith. It cannot come through some work. It cannot come through baptism. You know, we have a baptistry back here. Back here but that water doesn't save you. That water... That water's not going to cleanse your soul. It might, it's probably not going to clean you on the outside either. I mean, we shove a bar of soap in there with you, but I, I'm just telling you, it's not going to cleanse your heart before God. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can do that. Only faith in what God has done on the cross of Calvary for your sin can do that. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Baptism can't do that. L listen to this. Giving money to the church can't do that. Joining the church can't do that. Uh, partaking of the communion, the Lord's Supper, that can't save you. Um, well, well, you know, if I'll just, I'll go talk to this priest through this little hole. He can't save you. I can't save you. I didn't die and was buried and then rose again for your sin. Only one done that. That's Jesus. Not Mary, not the Pope, not anybody. So here's the thing. None of those things can, listen, none of those work. Well, preacher, I'm going to turn over a new leaf of life. Doesn't matter. It's not good enough. Here's the thing. Because if it's done through some work, it's no more the grace of God. Did you catch that? It's no more the grace of God. You're not, 
You're not his workmanship if it's your work. Is anybody getting this? If 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 no grace, if if and if no grace of God, then no power of God. Everybody following this? If no grace of God, then no power of God. And that means this, you're still dead in your trespasses and sins. Paul said it like this in Romans eleven six. Funny how we keep going back to Romans, isn't it? Sunday mornings. Romans eleven six. And if by grace, then it is no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Say, so, preacher, what in the world does that mean? <laughs> the point Paul is making here is this, is that God's grace and man's works are two very different things. In fact, one, listen to this, in fact, here's what he's saying. One cancels out the other. And if we put some work in where the grace of God is necessary... Like salvation, then man is truly not saved. He may boast of his spiritual works, but yet he is lacking in the work of God in his life and salvation. He is still dead in his trespasses and sins. Why Jesus would say what he said over at the end of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7 when there'd be many that would come to him saying that they've done these good works and these things in His name, and he, will, and he will say, Depart from me, for I never knew you. They never received the grace of God in salvation. They replaced it with their own works. Man must be saved by faith in the work of Jesus Christ. That's the grace of God. And that's where verse number 10 picks up. When he says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. There's that creation again. Did I get this? It's like we're making full circle here. This should be an awe moment. Oh. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. See, because we are saved by grace through faith, and the power of Christ makes us alive in Him, we are His workmanship. In other words, God did a work in us, not us, we did a work for God to be saved. And here's the bottom line to where Paul will eventually get to in the book of Ephesians. Of Ephesians. There is purpose in us experiencing this grace. Just as mankind experienced God's life-giving power in creation, we have experienced God's life-giving power in salvation. And He has created us in Christ Jesus unto good works. We have experienced God's grace in salvation. We will experience God's grace in eternity. But God also desires that we would experience His grace in our daily life in between those two moments. <clears throat> that we would live for Him faithfully in this life. We would serve Him with all our hearts and souls and minds. Or maybe we could say it like this. 
If you've experienced God's grace, and I hope that you have, that we would act like it and live according to His grace right now. You know, some things are dead because they never had power. They never had the source of power in them to begin with. But sometimes things are dead or dying, and here's why. Because they're running out of power. And they haven't been plugged back in and charged by the source. What I found in my life, and probably you found in yours, is this, is that sometimes the Christian life can be that way. You feel dead on the inside. And maybe the reason is not because you're not saved, but because you just haven't plugged into the source in a while. And you need to get back in there. Back in His grace. And powered up. So you can live for Him on a daily basis. Do you know what I found in my life is this, is that that same richness and mercy and great love that's there when we get saved, it's still there for you, child of God. You just simply need to go back to the power source. And He'll forgive you. He'll restore you. And He'll charge you back up. Why would He do that? Because of His grace. Let's all stand tonight.